Welcome to Radical Connectivity with Dr. Kelly Donahoe, where we dig deep, get messy, and work towards connecting more deeply with the people around us. So come on in, pull up a chair, get comfy, and let's just get started. Welcome. Hello, this is Dr. Kelly Donahoe, and welcome to Radical Connectivity, uh, where we are going to Explore all the human things without any boundaries. So prepare yourself and take your children out of the room. So this is my friend, Darcy, and she is better known as hashtag Southern Gay Mom. So look her up if you don't already know. So today we're going to talk about all of the things. So where do you want to start? We made a list of questions and we're just going to talk through this and see where we head. But we have sort of a road plan. It's more like a light itinerary. Okay. <laughs> Where do you want to start? With you, who you are, how other people might see you? Hey, you just start asking questions okay. and I'll just answer. I like asking questions. <laughs> I love answering questions. Um, okay. So these are things I actually don't know about you. I don't know. So uh, Darcy's gay. Her shirt or the hashtag may have given it away. So one thing about radical connectivity is we're going to talk to people that you might think you know something about. We'll talk about that piece first, the part that you might feel like, oh, uh, you know, I know some lesbians, I might know something about that. Mm -hmm. But then we're going to talk about this part, the, the person part, the in-between each other part, for those of you that are listening and can't see me moving my hands all around. Okay, so let's just talk about that piece first, because you and I have never actually discussed that part of your life. Really? Right. Okay. So tell me as much as you feel comfortable with, and then I'll push you a little bit more. Okay. <laughs> um, for what was it like? When when did you know you were gay? How was that for you? How was the coming out? All of the things. Okay. So I moved here to Charleston in 1990. I was 19 years old. I packed up my car all by myself and just drove down here. I had a friend that lived here and grew up in upstate New York, one of six children. Um, I moved here right after Hugo and instantly found friends and had a friend group downtown and just um, started working at a restaurant and met some people. And, you know, I was dating guys at the time and I was dating the manager of the restaurant. <laughs> that never happens. Never. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> and I liked him too. I mean, that was fine. And, you know, I dated a couple other people and then I had a crush on one of my girlfriends and a really strong crush and I never told her about it but then I started hanging out with like some known lesbians in town some known some known lesbians, lesbians. like I like how you like <laughs> so there's these two girls one was a known lesbian uh -huh. another was her like friend you know uh -huh. a straight girl like really your friend oh okay. no no she was a straight girl uh -huh. and so was like really interested, of course, in the straight girl. That's another story. If you were? That's so surprising. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> straight girls, like, yeah. weakness. Unattainable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and so, like, we started hanging out, and I was like, I really like her name was Sarah Sue. Yeah, whatever. And, um, I was like, why? Why do I like girls all of a sudden? Like, what's going on? And I remember driving home. I lived up on um, around the corner here. And I remember being at the stoplight and turning the corner going, oh, I have way more crushes on girls than I do men. I must be a lesbian. It was like, I remember the light changing. And at 19. Uh, it was probably close to 20. 20. And had you had sex with a man at that point? Oh, yeah. Lots of sex with a man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All the sex. All the sex. And I liked all the sex. Yeah. It was uh -huh. fine. Yeah. Um, but I just kept crushing on these girls. And the men that I liked were just few and far between. I just, there weren't that many that I was like, Ugh. But I, I really, I just remember that moment. It, like the light turned green in, in my head. It was <laughs> the light turned green at the same time. It's like, That's I'm a lesbian. Very powerful. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, where's your sign? There it is. <laughs> yeah. Like the literal. Literal. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. So, that, so none of the high school stuff had to happen. And you were living your life. Mm -hmm. So, did you even feel that you had to sort of, I don't know, transition into a new identity? Or 
were you just sort of like, guess what? I felt like I was just growing. Like I just continue growing. And I've always been You're that way. I'm a grower. Like I'm just, you know, who I was a month ago does not define who I will be next month. Mm -hmm. So uh, it wasn't really a shock. I told my mom and she was like, oh, I didn't make you that way. And I'm like, <laughs> when you were baking, what right. was she like whispering? Right. Like, I might have done that. Yeah, I mean, I tried to make yeah. my favorite game, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so she was fine with it. And like I said, I left my whole family in New York, so yeah. I didn't have family there. It was just my friends here. And I just surrounded people that accepted me and and loved me, and I really didn't have any issues. Sometimes people assume that the coming out process can be wrought and full of conflict and even drama. And that's true for many people, but it's also not true for others. In fact, a lot of times families are aware of what their children are going through and it's a natural transition into dating life, especially as heteronormativity stops becoming average and people realize that everybody's different and they're gonna love different people in all kinds of different ways. And so I just wanna put it out there that a lot of people have the kind of idea that when someone comes out, it's gotta be this intense situation, when in reality, that's not always the case. Now, sometimes it is. And in those cases, there are many resources that people can reach out for. There's PFLAG, there is the It Gets Better Project by the amazing Dan Savage. If you don't know who he is, he writes Savage Love, which is a totally open and sexy sex column that everybody should read. But he did start the It Gets Better Project, which is based on the idea that when LGBTQ youth are coming out, that there can be a feeling of, oh my goodness, I'm always going to have to feel the way I feel right now if it's not a positive experience and that, you know what, actually things do get better. So hold on, hang tight, because, you know, we have high suicidality rates with LGBTQ youth and important to know that there are resources out there and whether the transition to being out and living your full life is a smooth one or a little bit more bumpy, eventually it will get better. Let's hear a little bit more about what happened with my friend Darcy. So tell me what you were saying about the woman. She was the person you nanny for. Right. So I was a nanny for 10 years. It's a long time. Yes, a long time. And um, for the first year and a half, my bosses, he was a hand surgeon, still is a hand surgeon, and she was an OBGYN. I didn't tell him I was gay. I don't know. A year and a half? A year and a half. They were very busy. They never really asked what I was doing on the side. And, yeah. you know, I was 23 at the time when I started. And um, she kept pushing me and pushing me to um, date her brother-in-law, right? And I was like, whatever. So I didn't have insurance. So I go to, I go to her. She's like, well, you need to get an exam. Uh -huh. She's like, come to my office. We'll do an, I'll do an exam, you know, regular pap smear. And she gives me the forms to fill out. And on those forms... <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm totally pooping myself right now. She was not only going to be in your vagina. Yeah, she's, she was... She was... I don't know. I get it, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I mean, now that I've had babies, sure, everybody can look at me yeah. in my vagina. But that's like 23. I mean... Okay. I don't know. It was always... Like, she would undress in front of me. Oh, so she was just, like... She was very yeah. modest, like, very comfortable. Like, yeah, I would spend... She's an OB. She had a baby. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she was an OB. Like, yeah. We, yeah. to me either. yeah yeah that's all that matters and then but the thing for you the sticking point isn't she's gonna no. like look at my parts up close and personal no. with a speculum you're yeah. filling out the paperwork yep and that was where I could tell her yeah I could say and I remember her looking at so I filled it out and I can't even remember what the question was but 
lesbian, I don't even know. Um, and so she looked at it and <laughs> she's reading it over. <laughs> she looks up at me and she looks down and she looks up and she's like, wait, <laughs> why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? Yeah. Like this whole time, like I'm trying to get you to date Grant. Like, yeah. <laughs> she's like, why didn't you tell me? And I'm like, you know, you're just, I don't know. And she's like, I don't care. I don't care. She she's probably like, felt like you, you were silent when I was like pushing you to. She was so busy. She's yeah. always wrapped. I mean, she's a very busy woman. Like, yeah. yeah, I would never want to be a doctor just witnessing it like that. Um, but her lesson was that, you know, she was also taught at MUSC. She's a professor there too. And, um, she, she, so she taught her students, like, don't assume, you know, somebody's sexuality. Cause I did for a long time and I was wrong. <laughs> I mean, that lesson goes to almost everything about a person. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, right. Aside from what you can sort of figure out that you see. Yeah, don't especially like someone that, that deals with sex and sexuality and mm-hmm. bodies all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's a lot of places to make assumptions when you're an OBGYN. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, who's in the room? Who's not in the room? How did they conceive? Like Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. But even so, mm-hmm. they still assume that straight, hetero, you know, right. I remember being I had her babies with me. Yeah. She had three children. Mm-hmm. I had up to three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was pregnant with the surrogate twins. Right. So Parenting six children and pregnant with twins. Yes, yes. So I looked like somebody who did not know about sex education. <laughs> Meanwhile, that's amazing. You had so carefully gotten pregnant, gotten through your pregnancies, yep. and helped somebody else get through a pregnancy. Yep. But all people probably saw was this woman has six babies and one on the way. That's two. Right? (laughs) Yeah. And I remember taking my babies at the time to the dermatologist. And I had to have her babies, her three. Yeah. And then mine, too. And um, the nurse made a comment. I hope you know how you got this way. And I wanted to say. No. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to say, if I didn't have so much chaos around me. You know, you try to hurt yeah, six yeah, children. I don't know. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, yeah. that's a lot. Right. And being pregnant when you're tired. Yeah. Like, so tired. I'm like, I want to say, do you know how? You go ahead and tell me how these babies are with me. Because you would be absolutely 100% wrong. You would never guess in a million years. No. Never. Wrong on like 10 levels. Oh, every level. Like, every level. Like, yes, I know exactly how they got into me. Because I had to make. 50 choices and then lay on the table several times. Everyone's being so careful. I cannot believe the nurse said that to you. Yeah. That in my mind is what? And that's why we need representation. Right. That's exactly why. But you know what else we need? People to not be assholes. Like, why would she do that? Like, you know what I mean? Right. What was her point? Say nothing. Right. I mean, have your poopy, shitty thought, but. First of all, you ought to check yourself because that's like base of your brain, old, like, yeah, funky absolutely. stuff. But then, what purpose could that serve? Let's talk about assumptions. Hmm. Well, you know the old saying, right? I mean, I got to say it. Come on. What does it do when you assume you make an ass out of you and me? Why is that? Well, we're rarely right. We have our own perceptions of the universe, and other people's lives are rich and deep and full and varied and different from our own. And it is a microaggression at best and a straight-up aggression at worst when we assume things about the diversity of other people's lives based on the dominant culture. And then to go forward from that and go ahead and make a statement, especially a hurtful one, If you're the kind of person that finds yourself thinking those types of thoughts, saying thoughts that might be hurtful to another person, judging, I'd like you to think about why that is. As a psychologist, I can't help but think that when we are judgmental, it is because we judge ourselves so much. Perhaps we're unhappy. 
Perhaps our inner voice is just a dick. Whatever it is, you've let it leak out. And what that shows the world is more about you than the person you said something about. Let's imagine for a moment together that my friend Darcy had six kids and one on the way. No matter how she got them, who cares, <laughs> right? I mean, oh my goodness, I would love to have had so many babies. And it's really no one else's business what that was about or how many babies she had or how she got them or any of those things. Now, of course, what we just discussed was sort of a double whammy, right? Like, first of all, the judgment that she had so many kids, which who the fuck are you? And second, the judgment of the assumption, rather, that she is straight and somehow just kept getting pregnant with these babies. That's a one-two punch. And what I want us to take away from this really powerful story and moment in time is that when we judge others, it's just a reflection on how we feel about ourselves. So take a minute, pause, think if you're kind of a judgy judgerton, and then ask yourself why. And if you don't judge, great, but we all do it, right? So we could all work on this a little bit together. She's had two sets of twins. Bye, babies. <laughs> That's like the coolest. The coolest. Lots of babies. Yeah, lots of babies. Lots. So what am I trying to get at? And you've mentioned this in our friendship a lot, too, is that you're so, sort of surrounded by straight lady friends. Yep. So just like, is there ever a piece of you that, well, your shirt says, looking for my lesbians, like where... Are you ever wondering, like, what would my life be like if I lived somewhere where there were more people that were out? Well, I never really thought about that because I was with my wife for 22 years, so I wasn't dating. In dating. Yeah. I'm thinking about that now at, as, you know, um, recently separated, but I never, I guess we just were in our little bubble mm -hmm. and it was fine, so I didn't really think I'm missing out on anything. And raising babies, that's sort of like when you're raising, you were raising babies and handing. Yep. So there's, and making babies and yep. lots of babies. Presenting, like you were doing all the things. Well, yes. There's no time. No. Let me think about my identity. No. Let me no. wonder. Yeah. No. But now. <laughs> <laughs> now. So I've known you a year and something. Uh -huh. Feels like much longer. Yeah. Because we have a nice yeah, we're connection. Good. Yeah. And we talk. Yeah. <laughs> yes. About real things. Yes. Things. Yeah. All the time. All of the things. <laughs> um, so when so the person I met, so I want to say to everyone listening the way that I met you, sort of. So the first <laughs> time I met you, we were at book club mm -hmm. and you were really super distracted. Mm -hmm. And I was annoyed because I was super excited and nerdy about book club. I even had my glasses on. You did. I I wanted to talk about racism, like a lot. Uh -huh. I came. I don't remember what the book was. Super excited. <laughs> All I wanted to talk about was racism. There were some really awesome heavy duty books. Uh -huh. There were there were like two. Yeah, I came ready. I've heard since that night that several people were like, "Who is she? She needs to chill out about me." Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. But anyway, so. Coming, I was coming on strong that night. Mm -hmm. So that was the first experience that I had of you. But then I quickly learned, I've only known fun, Darcy. Summer of fun, year of fun. You changed your entire life. You got a new house. You're dreaming about what you want your work to be like. I mean, it's been kind of a big year. Mm -hmm. Yep. Like, I wonder sometimes if I met you two years ago, how different you would be. I mean, not in the core ways, but like, you know, your whole life is different. Like, I didn't really know you guys together. I didn't really know, mm -hmm. like, only briefly. Mm -hmm. But you might have gotten the same Darcy. Yeah. Yeah. Because my other friends that have known me oh, yeah. in the neighborhood five years, yeah, they've gotten the same Darcy. With your schnapps cup. Yeah. <laughs> no, I used to drink wine then. Oh. Yeah. Until I, I had a really bad hangover and I was like, oh. no more wine. So now only with schnapps. Yeah, it's good. Okay, so talk to me about being being a mom. Like your kids are now your 
youngest one, your youngest two other twins, but they're out. Mm -hmm. So, but then COVID, so one's back. Yeah. Yeah. But what's it like? What's it like going from all in to freedom? It doesn't feel different. Again, like I am a, today's a brand new day. I have to remind myself of how, like, like, definitely I can relate. Like I can relate to you and how busy you are. And all my friends with their little ones, I can just, I remember being there. I remember thinking my babies will never be 10, much less 18. Yes. Like, especially when they're under five, like there's no way, like you just survive the day. But now that they're older, you know, it's, it's great. Yeah. It's really nice. And you can talk to them. Yeah, but they still don't want to talk to them. <laughs> they will. They will. Probably. Yeah. Maybe. Eventually. Yeah. I mean. I'm so interested in the transition that women undertake as we become mothers and then have small children going through pregnancy, the nursing phase, if we decide to do that. And moving from that all the time, everywhere, air that you breathe, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter where you're working, you're home all the time, whatever you're doing, it doesn't matter. It's all encompassing all the time. I've pumped at work and I've been home full time. I've done, it doesn't matter where you are, you are always thinking about it. And I am deeply interested in the transition from, you know, not having children through the whole process, um, then however you get get your baby into your life through the aging of your kids and yourself and that identity shifts that happen every couple years. You know, we all change and grow all the time and parenthood, and I'm guessing, you know, it's probably the same for men. I'm just not one, so I'm not sure how that is. But I, that transition that happens in parenthood and especially in my house being the primary parent, how your career changes, all the pieces and Having friends for me that are in all the different stages of the process. Some people have babies, some people don't. You know, however it works out, but it's so interesting to see the choices and options in life and the amount of time that women have or don't have um, for, for things like identity exploration and thinking about things and writing and space, you know, what that means for how we see ourselves and how we experience the world is huge. So I would just ask you to think for yourself, you know, um, whether you have kids or not, if you are a mom, do you have time? Have you ever been the sort of person that thinks about your identity? And do you have the time and space to create yourself and recreate yourself and grow? Growth occurs when we have time to reflect Um, Growth occurs when we don't have time to reflect too, but it's generally less controlled, right? It's less about how we want to become next or how we want to change or metamorphize. Is that a word? It is now. So here we are growing and changing all the time. And there are times in our life where we seem to have so much less of that space for reflection and creation of who we want to be. So I just said, ask you to think about where you are and if you've got that space, and if not, where are the tiny, tiny, tiny moments that you might be able to grab some so that you can sort of have a little bit more power and control over the growth that you're going to be doing as a human being. That's what we're always doing. And I just really love talking with other women about that really important, powerful piece of who we are and how we define ourselves at different moments in time. So I want to talk a little bit about why you started Southern Gay Mom. What was it that happened? What were you looking for? What's happened? I mean, it's it's kind of neat. It's sort of exploded a little bit. Yeah, so I was, you know, I'm not a social media person at all. Um, but this one platform, it was just my attention span. Yeah. It, the the algorithm is such that it's just kind of pulls you in. I remember people talking about Instagram, like, oh, I follow this person on Instagram and blah, blah. And I'm like, that's kind of boring to like follow random people, like on some, you know, yeah. just basic yeah. everyday people. And I, yes, there was no draw for it yeah. for me. Yeah. But now like, so I was on, started going on TikTok and there's this one duo, these two ladies that sit on their porch called, Hey, Stephanie, what's their thing? Mm-hmm. And 
they would just sit there and talk. And, um, and I was like, they're kind of interesting. They're not even talking about anything. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, why am I interested? Uh-huh. And then um, the woman, Stephanie, would always say, you know, she's talking about her lesbians and where are my lesbians? And, you know, she's a married woman, but she would talk about the lesbians. And and they came up with merchandise and this is a shirt looking for my lesbians. That's from that? That's from this. I didn't know yeah. that. And I was like, look at that. A straight woman. Yes. Sounding the alarm for the gay. Where so, are the lesbians? Right. Where are the lesbians? They're, they're on TikTok. They, they are on they TikTok. Are. And they found you. <laughs> yeah. And I found them. Uh-huh. And um, so I'm like, why is she? Like, she's a straight woman. Uh-huh. You know? And everybody looks up to her. Like, they love her. They they love her. You mean lesbians love her? Or Les- everybody? Or- Le- lesbians. Well, she was banned from TikTok. <gasps> she's back. Why she's just banned? Because she wrote, posted a, um, we think, a video about this trans kid who was being kicked out of his family. And she's like, I'll be your mom and whatever. And then they deleted her account or whatever. <gasps> and, but she has this huge following. All the lesbians love her. Hmm. And um, she just actually came back two weeks ago. And it's, she's got, she posted this video, 342,000 likes. Likes. That's not views. That's likes. What was the video? It's just of her coming back. Yeah. Like, she's just like, hey. She's back on, back on TikTok, no longer banned, and she's going to be doing her own content, and um, she's an embalmer. That's what she does for a living. No. Yes. I mean, somebody has to do that, but. She's amazing. That's, um. Right. I mean, you know how I feel about the circulatory system? Yeah. No, like, she's no, let's not, no, no, <laughs> just so, put them in the ground, just skip that, just off you go. Like, she's just a normal person, and I thought, look at the influence of this normal woman. Yeah. And who doesn't even represent us. Right. So if she can do it, yes, someone like me, yeah. who I've done it, I've had the babies, I've yeah. been a nanny, I raise my kids, I live in suburbia, I have straight friends, I know the lesbians, like I am a lesbian, like all of these things. Yep. And now that my kids are grown and my wife and I are separated, like Angie kind of held me back a little bit. She didn't want to be as out and open as I was. Yeah. So I kind of like put it aside, but I always told her we're not going to hide ourselves because I don't want our kids to hide themselves because yeah. if we don't feel good, not gonna feel good and we just need to push through the discomfort can you name a time for me where you felt discomfort like that um i remember at preschool um there's this book heather has two mommies and jada wanted to read it bring it to school yeah and i actually read it to her class the preschoolers it's um, college charleston's preschool program so they were a little bit more liberal yeah and um i just remember just reading it and I just felt scared and, and it was all of me. Like I didn't get any yeah. backlash. Yeah, but that's anybody. a big moment. Like, it was a big moment. Yeah. This was 16 years yeah. ago. Yeah. I mean, that'd be a big moment right now to just feel like, let me talk about this part of my identity that everybody doesn't talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, we should. Mm-hmm. What the hell? But that would be a big moment. Right. And let me tell all these three-year-olds that some people have two mommies yeah or two daddies and right let me see what their parents are gonna think or say or do or yes so that was scary yeah that was scary but um we haven't had had no problems mm-hmm. you know and um so last week you posted a video on tiktok and it's funny if, if you haven't seen it, where you're trying to like if I, you say like you're trying to embarrass your kids yep and you've got your boys sitting there, yep. your big giant man boys. Yep. And you're saying your mom, your mom's gay, and they're just like, totally ignoring you. Like, yeah, they're like, I know. Yep. They don't even look up from their faces. Nope. Yep. Yep. I mean, yep. So you did it. It's just I did it. Part of their existence. It is, and uh, apparently that resonates with people because that also had. 90,000, almost 90,000 views. That's a lot. So far. It's yeah. not even been out a week. Yeah. About 7,000 likes. So that's, those are big numbers. Yeah. Um, so there's a desire for people to see people like me being normal. Yeah. Um, and that, and not that 
gays are not normal. No, right. It's just like, oh, we need representation. We do. Yeah. I mean, without, without that there, it's just hard. People think whatever they see is what there is. Right. So absolutely. I mean, we need more Darcy is what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. Just hashtag Darcy. Yes. More Darcy. (laughs) (laughs) More schnapps. (laughs) Orange juice, you mean? Yeah. What do I mean when I say representation matters? Well, what we see as human beings is what we believe to be everything. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie The Village by M. Night Shyamalan. Wow, that movie, actually all of his movies, but that movie sums that concept up perfectly. If you show people certain things, that's what they believe. That's all based on how our brain works. So if we think about cognitive psychology for a minute, and you know what, why not? Why not think about cognitive psychology? So the way our brains create ideas is really cool. So I like to talk about it as though we have boxes, right? So if you think about, you get new information and you're gonna put it in a box. You you have to put it in a box, okay? So let's not talk about what, what, can we just put it on a shelf? No, when you get new information, you need to put it in a box because you have so much information coming at you all the time that your brain needs to make categories and boxes. Otherwise it would be impossible to access all of that information access, not access. (laughs) So you get a piece of new information. Here's the example that you may have heard before, okay? So you get a piece of new information, you're a child, and you have a ball. The ball is round and the ball happens to be orange. So you create a box and you call it ball. And in that box, you have round things that are orange. Okay, great. So next thing that happens is you go to the pumpkin patch with your family and you see pumpkins and you point and say ball because ball would fit into that box, right? It's round and it's orange. Especially helps here if the ball was orange. But for the purposes of this example, I want you to be able to quickly understand what I'm trying to say. What the box is called is a construct, right? So we create constructs in our minds. And then what we do is we either assimilate or accommodate our notions to fit in a box, we shove it in the box, or we create a new box. So every new piece of information you get, you either go, oh, I already got a box for that, I'm gonna put it right in there, or your brain takes the time to create a whole new construct, a whole new box, okay? So this is the psychological reasoning, the psychological secret behind why representation matters. Now I could talk about assimilation and accommodation and all the meanings that it has for days and days, and I'm sure I will at some point in the future. But for now, I just want you to have that idea in your head that we have these constructs and that is our worldview. Now your brain uses those boxes to quickly sort through the bazillions of pieces of information you get every second, okay? Why is that important? That's important because if you only have constructs over here, but you need or or you see something new that happens over there, your brain might actually have a hard time understanding what's over there and it'll just keep trying to shove it in an old box. Unless you are exposed to lots of different things and ideas and notions and ways of being and doing and thinking and just all sorts of new information. Our brains love new information, especially when we're super young. But let's be honest all through our lives. Representation matters because when you see something that's new and you can say, oh my goodness. So one way to live life is this way, the way I'm living my life, whatever that might be. But another way is that way. And that's totally cool too. Look at that. I'm going to put that in my box, ways to live life. I don't need to create a new box, here it is. And the more and more we do that, the less the dominant culture, which, is a lot of things, but one of the things is hetero, right? So heteronormative, meaning that a man and a woman marry each other and they live in a house and they make babies. Okay, cool. Well, there's a lot of things about that that a lot of people don't do. Not everybody decides that they want to raise children. Not everybody gives birth to the children they raise. Like there's a lot of different variety in there. And being able to see different people, different ways of living, right? This is true of why it is so important to have representation in all media of all different sorts and kinds of people and ways of living, right? It matters to little girls that they get to see women as scientists and as active climbers or, you know, doing physical things. 
and achieving things when you it's very hard to know that something's possible when we don't see it. People do it, of course, those are pioneers and visionaries. But not everybody's a pioneer and a visionary. So for instance, for when Obama was president, it, besides you know all the obvious things that I may have liked about that, also it was so deeply important for young people that were black to be able to see that and to know that that's a possibility. It's very important to be able to see things. We have a saying which is, you can't be it if you can't see it. Now again, of course there's some visionaries, they do amazing things, but, but for the rest of us, it's very wonderful, heartwarming, and important to see that which we could become and to also see ourselves reflected in the world around us. Why is that important? Well, let me touch on it briefly. Human beings are social creatures, in fact, it's so ingrained in how we are and how we evolved that when you don't fit in with your group, you're more likely to die. And so it's that visceral and important for human beings to feel as though we would belong, we're part of something bigger, and that, that thus we will be taken care of. And, and that is another reason why it matters. And it makes us feel safe and seen on a very deep, deep and important level. So when someone says representation matters, this is a very brief overview of why that is so. And it is so for all of us in different ways. And there's plenty of room for everyone and different ways of seeing and being to be seen and heard. I want to talk about dating. A little bit. As much as okay, as much as you want. Okay. So dating. So obviously you're surrounded by straight women in the hood. Yes. We live in, I'm gonna say this for people listening, we live in a very I mean in South Burbia. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a neighborhood that's very insular and yeah, it's a it's a loving, warm community, not very diverse. Um upper middle class. Yeah. Yes, upper middle class, very very party-oriented, fun. It's a fun place to live. It's, it's easy to make friends. Yes. And when you ride your bike home from a party on Friday at 10 o'clock, you know, everyone's out doing things outside. Yep. Also, we live in Charleston, so it's nice outside all the time. All the time. All the time. If it's not nice, you wait a minute, and then it'll be nice. <laughs> exactly. It's nice. So it's a magical place, I will say. So you've got tons of friends, mm-hmm. all straight. Yep. So no kissing, loving, hugging, nope, happening there, nope. which is sad. <laughs> so uh, can I just say a little bit about? So you go on. Which one are you on? I don't know. All of them. Oh, okay. I you have to piece and parts everybody together. Yeah, and it was expensive. It is expensive. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I haven't done it for a little while. It's like forty bucks a month or something for one. Yeah, for one. Right, and then, and then you know. There's Bumble, there's Hinge, there's Match, and Tinder, and Plenty of Fish. It's like five, it's like six. I'm only on Match, Hinge, and Bumble. And Bumble's the one that's women, right? Women get to make the first, but it won't matter for you. But but is it? But I would think maybe there'd be more women because it's woman-oriented. Uh, no. It, it, there's about five people on each site. <laughs> Right. And they <laughs> don't live in the state. No, those are the ones that actually, maybe, oh, maybe okay. that live, like, you know, here. Okay. Within an hour. Let's just say that. Yeah. It's, there's not, like, yeah. You have to drive for your last week. <laughs> you have to drive for your last Why? Yeah. You have to, you have to, you have to seek out the last week. Yes, you do. I mean. Yeah. So you have driven to other states. Yep. Many hours away. Mm-hmm. You have attempted to connect with someone who has a connection here, but who ghosted, because that's what always happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At some point. We all, yeah. Right. What is ghosting, by the way? What the hell? Can I just say right now, mm-hmm. don't do that. No, I know you won't. But like people. <laughs> right. Don't do that. Say I'm not interested. I don't like you. I would rather get a text that says, I don't like you. Right. Uh, right? Just like you stink or like, right, right. fuck off. Like, I would rather that. Absolutely. A hundred million times. Absolutely. Not that I do, but it, right? Yes. From everyone, from a friend, from anybody. Yes. Then me doing that mental gymnastics of like, oh, this happened. That must mean 
this and right. we're going to eventually do it and maybe get married. Like, right. Yeah. Right. No. Yes. Honesty saves everyone's time. And everyone's heart pain. Exactly. Like, how much time have we spent between the two of us <laughs> discussing <laughs> why somebody would stop texting you who was texting you every day? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, right. It, it's just... I know it wasn't that bad, but okay. So you did get close to someone, very close, mm-hmm. and then she wigged out. Yep, there may have been a straight person in there somewhere. Yep, and now waiting, looking. Yep, just looking. That sounds really fun. <laughs> Actually, I this one. You stopped. I've got. I just paid for one more month to match, and that's then I'm just done. Okay, I don't mean to like. I don't mean to be a downer, uh-huh. but if there are five, but they're the same five, like, like, so since I joined a few months ago, uh-huh. like these same people are there still. I'm like, I'm like, well, that means my face is still there still too. <laughs> and neither of you have liked each other in any way. Oh, so there's just nothing there. Mm-hmm. I know there are lesbians downtown. I told you I read about them. I know. Where are they? <sighs> okay. So now, this is the part where you're just, like, throwing it out to the universe, like... Yeah, and I'm really enjoying my freedom. And your friends. And my friends, and growing into who I really am, and who I authentically am, and not who somebody wants me to be. Or needs you to be. Or needs me to be. Um, I can just figure out what what I like, you know? Mm -hmm. Now that my kids are gone, who am I? Yeah. Where am I going? What do I want to do? Yeah. Where's my impact? That's what I'm looking for. So basically, giant existential questions. <laughs> Who am I? Why am I here? What's my impact? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Not and like not keeping me up at night. No, no, no. Way, but yeah, like, what's the next part? Like, uh-huh. I may be halfway through my life, so I've got all that behind me. Mm-hmm. So I could potentially have all that ahead of me. And how do I make that great and, you know, deliberate and, you know, just doing what I want to do? What are you afraid of? Nothing. Really? I don't. I'm not afraid of anything. Nothing. I mean, besides obvious things that everybody's afraid of that has kids, like, yeah. but, but besides that, like, nothing. 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 I really am not. I am. You're making me nervous. Why? Because I like to worry. I don't worry about I know anything. you don't. I don't. I survived my childhood. Mm-hmm. And this is like icing, man. Yeah. If you make the right decisions, things usually go in the right direction. If you, if you make visceral decisions. I feel like, yes. Yeah. 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 Instead of the whatever, the ones where your head gets involved and then. Just totally fucks up everything. But my head doesn't really fuck up anything that much. Yeah. I mean, it's very logical. I can I can push the emotion away from the logic, away from the, you know, all of that. Yeah. I don't, I'm not afraid of anything. <laughs> I'm really not. Okay. So you see your, I want to know what's your vision for 20 years from now. I don't know. Well, make up something. You know, vision, vision board. Okay, do you want to do less time, like a year? Yeah, I want to. I want to start becoming an influencer. Okay. On, on TikTok or whatever platform is out there, if um, it gets canceled, I just want to be an example of you. Like I, when when you look at, I just want to represent. Yeah. Gay women. Mm-hmm. With children. Yeah. You know, we've done it all. All the things. I want to be, you know, there's just no, there's no representation. Okay. Is there anything else you want to say? No. Any other questions? I mean, I have like a lifetime's worth of questions. <laughs> but I want to, can I, I want to, I want to wrap up by saying you're one of the best examples of someone who felt strongly that a change needed to happen Mm -hmm. that you kindly and honestly engaged in that hard work very hard you know moving out of your house all of those gigantic Mm -hmm. shitty 
yes. filled with right moments with, you know, dignity. You, you did that. And now you have this house and you wanted to live in the neighborhood too. Like all the things you sent, you sent it all out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we sit on your back porch, so when it's friend time on Friday night on the back porch with your special comfy back porch couches and, and everybody has their drink and we're all just talking and your candles lit. It is magic. Like you got on the slide that the universe laid down for you and you're just riding it. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's why also you've done a lot of hard work, right? Like you raised your children. You yeah. I got think, career. Right. You. <laughs> right. I went back to school. Yeah. You know, when my kids were young. Yeah. Yeah. Like you've done all of those things. I've done the hard stuff. Yes. I've done the work. Yeah. And now you're like learning about TikTok and making funny videos that are fun and loving. Like just like so it's just really you you I mean you do you inspire me. Oh, thank you. Especially when I'm like stressing out and you're like just, just what's funny that you say that is because you know I'm at the bottom of the slide yeah. that you just described. And I'm sitting there on my back porch with all my wonderful friends. And I have to remind myself, like, this moment is because of all the work I did here. But I forget to remind myself. I'm just, like, always in the present. So I'm just here and enjoying it. And I have to, like, oh, yeah, I did that. Like, you did it. Like, yeah. you didn't think you could even get an apartment. And you have a house. A really pretty house. A really nice house. I personally like the color of your house. I know you do. I just love it. to be painted. Everybody likes it that likes that green. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. You don't like the color. It's not the house. You just don't like the color. I don't like the color. Oh. Yeah. I don't like that. I love that. I want it to be white. Oh. I mean, you know, okay. that's cool too. Yeah. But it's so beachy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you live in a beach house. Okay. So yeah. So you're in your beach house mm-hmm. with all your friends on the back porch, mm-hmm. showing up with charcuterie and hugs and. And their love. Yeah. And I just want to be the person that people go to, that they feel like it's a safe place, that they can come to me with their problems or just, you know, I just want to be there for people. Hey everybody, it's time for the final segment of Radical Connectivity, everybody's favorite, Ask Dr. Kelly. This is the part of our show where you can send in any question at all that you love. You can find us um, on Instagram at Radical Connectivity or any social platform. And we also have a website, www.radicalconnectivity.com where you can send whatever question, anything that you would like to ask the therapist. So go ahead, send those questions. I will answer anything and I cannot wait to hear what you'd like to ask me. So today, our first question is a deep one. (laughs) I mean, holy poop, it's a big one. So the question was a broad one and it was about what do we do about forgiveness? What about forgiveness? Wow. You know, entire religions and schools of thought have sought to seek an answer to this question. And often in therapy work, some of the root cause of difficulties that we face does have to do with being unable to, unwilling, or not sure how to forgive something that's happened to us, around us, etc. So I'm going to talk about my own life for a second. In my own life, there have been times when I've had to forgive. I don't know if I could say egregious things. Maybe that's just my worldview. Yes, actually, yes, there have been some pretty horrible things. And how how do we do that? And what does it mean? Well, I, you know, I don't know the answers to all those big questions. I'm I'm not a spiritual guru and I I don't know. I feel like forgiveness is obviously related to a lot of other emotions that are very, very painful and that we hold on to. Regret, pain, harm, trauma, right? I mean, these are huge things that impact us on a cellular level. So when we act flippantly about forgiveness, we ignore the fact that pain is a huge part of what we're talking about when we talk about forgiveness. And a lot of times that pain 
is so wrapped up around us, you know, that it's in our souls and it's deep, deep, deep within us. Like I just said, right, at a cellular, even maybe atomic level, I don't know. I am no physicist. What I do know is that it hurts us when we hold on to pain. It hurts us physically, emotionally, and spiritually, if that's something that you believe in. It definitely impacts our energy, right? Like, you know, I love to think and talk about energy. And when we hold that pain, and that's really what's happening, right? When we don't, when we can't let go of something, that's what we're saying. When we say forgiveness, we're saying a letting go. When we hold it, we hold it. And this is a simple fact, but it doesn't matter to the other person. You're not necessarily punishing them by you holding on to that pain. So do I think, forgive and forget, I don't know, nothing's that simple, right? Come on, everything is more complicated than that. But what I do know is that when we hold pain, it hurts us. And so in that way of thinking, anything that really hurts us deeply and can impact us and change us in not not necessarily healthy ways a lot of the time, what is the purpose of holding on to it then? And so I, I'm not sure how to answer the question on forgiveness directly. How do we do it? I'll tell you my way of conceptualizing it, which is that if forgiveness is a letting go of pain, of sorrow, of terrible memories, of anxiety, of things that happened that have colored and changed our personal narrative or our trajectory, then I say find ways to metabolize and let go of that pain. What does it mean to metabolize? Oh, such a therapist word. I would apologize, but I love it so much because it really describes the process that therapy or other ways of working through things can be, right? When you eat food, you chew it up, you work it through your body, you metabolize it, you use what you need and you let go of what you don't need. And that is the same with forgiveness to me, that you take the experience, you chew it up, you work it through in whatever ways are the healthiest for you, And then you let go of what you don't need and you keep what you do. Maybe for you, holding on to the pain is important. For most people, holding on to pain tightly inside doesn't lead to healthy, happy places, joyful places. So maybe the pain needs to go. And you know, when we let go of things, we tend to feel a lot better and a lot freer. Those are my thoughts on forgiveness. You can ask anything. For future uh, Dr. Kelly's, you ask Dr. Kelly, you can ask me anything. We can talk about all the things. I love to talk about all the things. Sex, art, music, racism, sexism, anything on your mind. Bring me the questions. I look forward to answering them in, in future episodes. Hey, thanks for listening to Radical Connectivity. We're going to go for today, but we will be back soon. And I hope that you will join us. Feel free to subscribe here. You can just click subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And I want you to know I'm thinking about you and I'm sending energy, light, and love to you. And any questions, comments, or concerns you have, please reach out to us. Take care out there. And remember, when we connect better, we are better. We are better.